Hello, and welcome back to the Living Vivaciously podcast. I'm your host, Marina Gerges, and today I have with me Amanda Cole, founder and digital strategist of The Wolf Co., and the creator of the Insta site. And you may remember her from being my guest on this podcast. She was on episode three, sharing how she made six figures from one TikTok video. So if you haven't listened to that episode, you might want to go back and listen to that one. But today she is back to go into a deep dive with me on predictions and trends and strategies for social media specifically that you may want to tap into and be aware of for 2024 so that you're able to make more money online and increase your visibility. I'm so happy to have you back on the Living Vivaciously podcast. We're going to bring a lot of goodness to this topic that we're talking about today. And I want to go straight into it and hear from you about like, what have you been seeing in the online space now that we've entered a new year, 2024, what's been catching your eye? What's been giving you icks? Like, I want to hear all about it from a social media selling perspective. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot has changed in terms of the platforms that we're using and how we're using them. I'm not necessarily sure on if methodology has been adopted by everybody yet and i see a lot of things like we're still stuck in how do i grow on instagram versus how do i grow my business with instagram mm-hmm. and i thought we left that back in like what 2019 right she's still here she's still here <laughs> she's still here <laughs> and it seems like it's more than ever a lot of short term hacks and that's what you're seeing at like top level search and from a lot of the gurus but like the real ones are going deep and they are hyper focused on niche experiences yeah and really looking at search experience optimization as opposed search engine optimization So, and I just learned this recently in a search summit by Megan Williamson. She brought in a whole bunch of experts. One of the experts, he was talking about search experience optimization versus search engine optimization, really understanding how people are thumbing things into the search bar and where they're going now to search for specifics, because you get a very different experience from every single app. So if we want to talk about it in terms of platforms, we think of like Pinterest as like kind of a base level inspiration. I'm renovating my bathroom. I'm looking to create a capsule closet, which is something that I have been working towards myself. I'm starting that search experience no longer on the Googler, but on Pinterest, which is essentially a visual Google. From there, I want to get more specific into my journey. And let's continue the example of the capsule closet. My next move is I'm going over to TikTok because I want to see creators who have a similar style to me and all of their content is kind of like organized on 
one particular page where I can now binge, 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 binge. I'm then probably going to go over to their Instagram, see what's happening on Instagram stories and what's going on in the link in their bio. Is there anything that I can, you know, download, pay for, engage with that's going to continue to help me on this journey? My last step will be to go on to the Googler because I'm going to now or going direct to website because now I need to go buy the things to complete my capsule closet. So it's becoming more of like, what are our preferred platforms and how do we tailor our content to that? Not just kind of like putting anything you can out there and hoping that it sticks, but getting really, really specific and understanding that user experience and journey through the platforms and where they're finding stuff and how they're preferring to engage with the content in that state. Are you noticing that too? Or like even from your own experience? Yeah. So in terms of personal branding, because since that exploded, right? Like since last year, 2023, we've seen a rise in build a personal brand. Like everyone all of a sudden woke up to the idea of like, I don't have a personal brand and I've built everything around this one service that I don't like anymore. And now it's hard for me to pivot. So people realize that's going to keep them stuck. And then there is like a group of gurus, as you say, who came out and were like, well, build a personal brand and don't niche at all, which in part, I love that. Like I call myself the self-appointed queen of multi-passionate people. And I myself have been preaching the, the, not the no niche, but like that you can expand beyond your niche. So I love when you mentioned like now we're going and the way people are searching is that they're looking for something specific. And what I see uh-huh. in the service provider world is that we would rather go to someone who can do something so well and is known for it rather than the ones that are like, well, I don't know what to pay you for. And here's the difference, uh-huh. right? It's like, you can still be multi-passionate and you can still show so many things. And you do this so well, Amanda. Like when you show us like the the cooking and we would never think you're a baker. But we know that if we go to your stories and you make it very clear, like you could hang out in my stories for this, this and this. That's a great way to do it. If you're thinking like, I want to build a brand where people pay me a lot of money for this one specific offer and service or for my expertise. Even if you're just a writer, a musician, whatever. Uh, but I also want to show people that I travel, that I like makeup, that I like to be, that I have a cute dog, like whatever it is. But knowing, as you said, where does that go? Where does that fit within the funnel and the different search engines that we have? Like, what are people looking for too? And how can people find you and pay you a lot of money? So I love to your point, and that brings growth, right? Like it brings growth to your platforms and brand overall. So, I mean, that's just like one level of of it all. Like, you know, you get the general concept of what is this like viewer to follower journey. You go a little bit deeper into what are those preferred platforms. And even at another level of that, it's like, where is top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel, I would say like the core, because content journey now is no longer a funnel it's actually an hourglass and we always forget about the curve 
of the hourglass part. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I know, you know, the whole visual of the trip, which is like the nurturing where people are really going to be retained as well as the expansion, which is where referral and brand advocacy comes in. It's always about, and I don't think enough people are talking about that piece. It's always just been about how do I bring more leads? How do I get more followers? It's like, okay, well, now they're a follower. They maybe become a customer of yours, but like, what is the rest of the journey for them? Do you just want them to go now that they bought one thing from you or they consumed like one series of content from you? Or do you want them to be, become a part of your community and like your ride or dies, your OGs, they remember you when kind of people? Yep. Yep. That's major. <laughs> right. And I mean, it's a big part of, of, of building a brand versus just building a business or an account where you just collect followers, like thinking mm -hmm. we're long-term, like if this is the, the kind of business you want to do long-term, how do you create something where people stick around beyond that one thing, as you said, like beyond that one service, that one download? I'm going to use my example. I feel like I've sold to a lot of my audience. My audience hasn't been growing that much yet. People leave, new people come from like when I do workshops and things like that. But people are buying into new things that I'm doing, but also they're following along the journey. And I plan to launch a retreat. And I know when I do that, people are like, Marina is a traveler. Marina travels. We know that this is an important part of her brand. I want to travel with Marina. So then I take these people who maybe invested with me, who maybe didn't, but were thinking about it, but maybe there wasn't anything for them within my offers that fit. But when I come up with a, a travel experience, those people might be like, well, I've been traveling. I've been watching her journey throughout these years. And I'd love to travel with her because I know what she brings in terms of like that experience. So as to your point, yeah, it's, it's beyond the, the now. So I think that's a big thing. Yeah, you're really building a long-term sustainable brand versus just trend hopping and, you know, hoping something sticks and mm -hmm. having like those little spikes. You're always going to see spikes in your metrics, like one piece of content is going to go viral. But the key to it is that you keep growing at a steady pace and it's not just like spike and then four months go by and it's just going down or it flatlines no it's spike and now we're up here and we're continuing slow so so growth another jump slow so 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 growth that's what's going to make it a sustainable brand for you and you get off of that like content creation hamster wheel as you and i talked about in the last episode and we talk about often and really into intentional content and creating automation and timeless content that works for you in the background instead of against you and like the energy that you have and the resources that you have to put into something which like brings me kind of back to this journey and that hourglass that we're speaking of, you understand the journey. We'll get deeper into like the type of content that you could share along the way. But like, what about categorizing these platforms? Because a lot of folks still believe that they need to be running on all cylinders on every single space 
but right. they're literally getting nowhere. It's basically like, don't ask me why car analogies have been my thing lately. Like I know nothing about cars, but I'm, I'm talking like I do. I would get your tires changed to winter season tires. At least we do here in Canada because it is horrible in the winter in most parts. <laughs> and they put your car up on a jack and they spin your tires. They, you know, check out the rotation or whatever. See, I know nothing about effing cars. And that's the same type of motion, just spinning your wheels, but you're not moving. You're not moving because you're not focused on a specific area and you're not understanding the type of content you need to be posting on specific platforms because the audience is very different on every single space, which goes to like the strategy of the Insta site, which you and I collaborated on. You with the visuals and me with the strategy in understanding where people are, how they're consuming in that space. So you can create and save yourself a ton of time and headache when it comes to content creation and the hours you're spending in Canva or thinking that you need to hire a social media team when go back to the damn basics. So TikTok is the discovery platform. You want to be creating your kind of top of funnel, mid funnel content there that is highly searchable because you're going to have more of a chance of it being circulated than if you're posting that top of funnel, big ideas, core topic, highly searchable content in a space like Instagram stories. Instagram stories, you want to think about answering your community's questions going a little bit personal and deeper into your brand and your interests because the people who are watching your content on stories already follow you. They're familiar with the plot. They know what's up. You don't need to hook them into each story like you do on TikTok where the audience is primarily non-followers. Mm. Literally 95% now of people who see your content on the For You page, 95% are non-followers. So even if you're only getting 100 views, out of those 100 views, 95 of them are people who are not even aware of you yet. That exposure is insane compared to Instagram, you know, reels, anything you're posting to the feed, which they show it to what? One to 3% of your current fault. Wow. Like, yeah, these numbers are insane. So that's just why like, I don't get it. I'm like, why we're so obsessed with posting so much to Instagram to get like no ROI. I'm, and I'm talking about like Steve, like everybody is like, you need to post daily to reels. It's like, sure, you can take off on reels, but you know, Instagram has said many, many times there's books written about it. Early days, they hand-selected who the prioritized creators were. If you think for a single second, they still don't do that and their algorithms still don't do that, you got another thing coming. And you're going to be on that riser and your wheels are just going to be spinning while you're trying to get your freaking winter tires on. Well, I, I so, have a question here about that. I mean... Did I feel like I've noticed 
Amanda, a, a change in how the reels are. Like there is a big distinction between reels and TikTok, right? And there is uh -huh. more discoverability. That's a hard word. Uh, on reels now versus I feel like early 2023. So I wonder if you've noticed anything or you could speak to going into this year, like have you noticed a change uh, in terms of like reels versus TikTok? Is it even worth our time to go into reels and create reels? Yeah, I'd love to hear what you think about that. Reels to me is like you repurpose onto reels. You don't create the original piece on reels. Mm -hmm. And the big difference, while yes, Instagram right now, you may be seeing a lot more circulation of your reels. It's not consistent. Instagram is competing right now with TikTok and trying to get everybody back over to that space. But the audience is honestly like rejecting it and wanting to go back to posting photos, posting for people that they care about um, and not feeling like the ick when they post or like they're being judged, which is why they brought out Flipside, which is like a private profile that you can essentially invite, hand select and invite people to, to view that content. So people will start posting more. Um, the other difference is Instagram search isn't there. So right now what we're seeing in search is the search experience optimization, which is getting really specific. So as opposed to, you know, at one point we would search for best skincare products. We now want to take it to something that's relatable to us. And you're like, best skin care products for women approaching 40 dealing with acne and wrinkles. Like that is so specific. Mm -hmm. And it is that type of search content that is showing up in the results on TikTok. I can't even search best skincare products on Instagram and get like, it's like a true answer. It's still prioritizing those creators that they're preferring as opposed to the content quality that should be ranked a lot higher. Whereas TikTok prioritizes quality and the specificity and nicheness of the content. Right. It, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And what I'm okay. saying is the same kind of content, which is, I mean, you sometimes I will get in my for you page on Instagram speaking heads of people or what is it called? Talking heads, talking heads or speaking heads. Well, mm -hmm. same thing. Yeah. Oh, like a few of those here and there, but it's a specific type of uh, way that it's done. And mostly, I don't know if you get the same experience. I'll see the very short, like text over. A, a short clip with a trending sound and then you like then you go and see okay do I like this creator do I not do I want to see more uh very different while on TikTok like you will get like if you search that you will actually get it's almost like reading a blog 
like the days when we would search into Google and then read a whole blog about something mm -hmm. that we're looking for. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I noticed there. There was something I wanted to ask you about there, but it's it's keeping my mind right now. So I'll come back to it later. Yeah, like when you create reels, there. I don't even know if there's like a technical term for this because it's just kind of like an unwritten vibe about it. It's all that, like you said, short clips. There's a little caption on there and almost always without fail, it's like read the caption for more. Whereas like TikTok, the video is the more. You're getting everything in that video. And if it's not in that one video, it's in a series of videos it's not reliant on the caption so like the search engine is really utilizing and indexing what's happening in the video which is a lot more captivating mm -hmm. than somebody reading a caption right more and more people are preferring to visually see something a how-to they're learning a lot from tiktok as opposed to oh i don't really want to take the time to read this long ass caption that's probably like egocentric you know what I'm saying? So it's like very, very different. It feels still overly stylized and curated on Instagram, whereas like TikTok feels more Insta than Instagram does. Like I actually feel like when I'm watching a lot of the talking heads, I'm there with them. I'm on a FaceTime with you, Marina, whereas I'm watching a, a TikTok and it, or a, a reel and it kind of breaks that fourth wall for me. I, I feel like now I'm thinking about their content creation process and why they thought it was a good idea to tell me to read the caption for more. Mm -hmm. And now I'm not. Mm -hmm. Like people want it now and they want it delivered. Like it's as simple as that. And that's not my quote. That is Lauren Everett's. She always like she, she had out her bio for the longest time. She's the creator of the Skinny Confidential. But people want it now, they want it delivered. And you're like disrupting the, the journey when you're telling somebody to take another step like that, that's not organic to the path that they're already on. Like I'm already, I'm already watching your video, keep me here. And when you like over deliver something, you sold me with that video as opposed to, oh, now I have to read the caption. It's not hard. I could just scroll that. Like, I don't want to do that. You disrupted this experience because I actually thought this video was going to be maybe five minutes long and we were going to break it down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that brings me to, okay, here the thought came back to me. Carousels. What's your take on that? Because I think that's hot on Instagram. I mean... It's been hot when it came out. I usually like get a lot of saves and typically sales from these when I do yeah. them because they're like, again, the experience of a mini blog, like you're actually getting something out of it, whether it's a mindset shift or, you know, a perspective shift or just learning something. And then there is a clear call to action there. And I feel like it's been so great for my own business. And I know it's a big part of our Insta, our Insta-site strategy. Yeah, and I think the reason why carousels do so well and they will continue to do so well 
is because it's a format that's really familiar and kind of native to Instagram. That was something that I'm pretty sure that was actually something that Instagram came up with first, not a feature that they stole from some other app. So it's really organic for us to consume content in a carousel fashion because we're used to consuming it like that over on Instagram. Whereas now when you mix in reels automatically, we're like, well, this is a TikTok. This is a TikTok. You've already taken us out of our like natural habitat, our natural consumption pattern. And there's a friction there. So I'm not going to do it the way that you want me to do it because I'm not comfortable with it yet. Whereas like, I will watch TikToks all damn day, even the ones that, you know, bless their heart that have brought over the whole read the caption for more. You know, side note, hot tip, don't do that on TikTok. Just get all the goods up front. So I think that they can still do very well because it's so familiar to us. It does not break that fourth wall for us. We're focused on the content now, not, you know, zooming out and, and thinking about like what it took to create that or how unnatural this is for us to consume it. Because that is unnatural. Like, even when you watch a movie, any video, you're used to just, you watch it through. And like, think about when you're watching TV, when there's ads, it disrupts the experience right. and like the zone that you're in. That put this whole like style, whatever the technical term is of reels is doing. It is taking us out of the experience and we're moving on from it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I have to say that I got really that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I have to say, like, also for the girlies out there who maybe they don't feel so comfortable doing um, talking heads and like breaking down bigger concepts or sharing how tos or whatever in that format. I find that carousels are a really good way of establishing authority within your niche, within your personal brand. And then you can use like uh, video content from something that's repurposed or maybe a different style of creating video versus because I know like Amanda, for example, like you can sit in front of the camera and record. I find that very difficult. Like I would rather do a podcast and then take clips from there and repurpose that or create like more of like text on screen or smaller shorter videos um but i find like in carousels i get to showcase my expertise in that way and it feels very natural so i feel like it's nice to have a mix of both of those and not like completely because i know people are like oh like no carousels are are out like we're not doing that anymore like i, I think like they're still they're still important part of the brand it is it is blog but for instagram yes so like where i do see carousels going is integrating multimedia types mm -hmm. so going even beyond text going beyond text on image and now throwing in a video so you and you see that in blogs again this is something really familiar to a blog experience is okay you get a little bit of, of text and then you get to see the video that fleshes out that text above and it explains it in a visual form. 
So I do believe multimedia integration into Carousel would be that next step. And it wouldn't feel disruptive because we're already used to that experience on a blog. It's something that we like do naturally and people are preferring to consume this like bite-sized information instead of like one long blog. I'm not saying blogging is dead. It is absolutely no, not dead. dead. Don't sleep on anything no. that you could add SEO to like your website, your blog, like it could position you as the go-to authority, especially if you're using very specific keywords. Like it's, it's insane. The power of that. Yeah. So the, and, and the reason why I think the video will do so well on the carousel is because it'll be easier for Instagram to index the text with the closed captions from that video in the carousel. So right now, how you would, uh, you know, create any sort of SEO experience on an Instagram carousel is through alt text. So originally, this is quality purposes. You know, you're explaining what is on a slide. That is still very much a thing on Instagram because it's not reading that text on the graphics because it's not native to the app it wasn't created in the app but you have a carousel that's let's say like five slides long first two slides are text third slide is a video you know essentially reiterating what you just said in those other two slides and you add the closed captions within instagram it's going to index that text and be able to categorize you and show your content to your ideal audience. So these are just some things to think about if you're wondering why maybe your carousels haven't taken off yet. You need to explain what's in them. Like, even though the content is in the carousel, you might need to add that into the caption so that Instagram can index it. Same thing over on LinkedIn. If something is not created directly in the app, and this is why I love the TikTok editor so much, you literally do everything in there. Mm -hmm. So you're making it easy for TikTok to go, all right, Marina, I'm going to show your content to people who are interested in personal branding. Because you literally told me in every single functionality who to show your content to by talking about it, the visuals that we've got going on, in the video, what you wrote, the caption, the hashtags, blah, blah, blah. Um, speaking of them, do we want to share a little bit about the Instasite strategy? Because you and I spent some time at the end of last year updating that. And we had launched the Instasite 2.0. So it's now a program with bite-sized videos. Very easy to consume, very easy to learn. And it comes with all the, the visuals that go with the strategy so making it so easy to apply but I'd love like for us to like you know go through an example of like how can someone implement this whether they do have the instasite or not <laughs> and like let's yeah let's break it down yeah so I mean it came from really understanding what platforms are good at doing what um, because they're not all created equal. The audiences are different on each platform. We talked about that earlier in this episode. 
And knowing that, it becomes a lot easier to decide, okay, if TikTok is for visibility, I'm going to make this the place that I prioritize creating content for, because I know I'm going to get the result that I'm looking for, which is visibility, which is views, which is reaching an audience who is not aware of me yet. Okay, so we've reached that audience. What do I do now to kind of like nurture that audience, convert with nurture and kind of expand in that journey? Well, Instagram. And I'm talking mainly about Instagram stories, but you still need to have visibility on Instagram. It has become somewhat like the vibe check. And the, the double check that you are who you say you are, because anybody could put in their bio, you know, I do this, I do that, as we have both experienced. But the reality is you do not. Um, for a phony baloney guru um, who just decided one day that they were going to be an expert in quotations at social media. So at the basic level of the strategy, you're understanding where the platforms fall with either discovery or with connection and conversion. Why are you laughing at me? Because <laughs> the puppy is in the background. Oh my gosh, she's, her symphony has started. Her symphony has started at uh, 2.50 p.m. here. She's not supposed to eat until 4.35, but she will just switch sides and like look up at me start whimpering a little bit, put her head on my knee. It's, it's a whole dramatic experience. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't like, not like smile. It was so cute. She's like, saw her little tail. Yeah. Okay. So categories and platforms. We've got those that are really good for discovery and growth and those that are really good at connection and conversion. And again, it's not to say that like, on Instagram, you can't get visibility. You absolutely can get visibility, but your resources are far better spent focusing on how you're going to nurture on Instagram and leave the visibility to a platform that was built for visibility, which is, is TikTok. And like how we know that it's a visibility platform is the updates that they've made to their, their search engine and their search experience optimization. There is literally a niche, like a specific ass niche for everybody in the world. Like there's kind of a joke in the comments of, well, I guess I've never lived a unique experience in my life because people are posting, you know, these things that have happened to them. Right. They're telling stories and you're like, that also happened to me. I thought I was the only one. Well, I guess I've never lived a unique experience in my life. So we're creating these niche experiences and these pockets of communities there. And the visibility is still massive. If you know, millions and millions of people are seeing this content and people aren't even familiar with you yet. So why would you, you know, go on that content creation hamster wheel to try every single day posting, editing, and we know what it's like to edit in Instagram Reels. Right. It's horrible. It is a gong show over there. Really? I, it took me like an hour to do one edit that takes me five minutes on TikTok. Um, so 
Anyways, why are we spending our resources there when you just cannot get the same type of non-follower reach? So you get much more ROI if you focus on the people who are already following you and familiar with your brand. And you just keep bringing them like deeper into that hourglass mm -hmm. customer journey. And, you know, we have a whole list of where every single platform falls, some other discovery platforms. If you're not using TikTok or it's not available in your region, YouTube, you know, people are always thumbing in, you know, how to. They're very specific about what they want to learn over on YouTube. Pinterest, it's a visual search engine. It's a visual Google. It's amazing. Organic reach on LinkedIn is still very high and they are having a little bit of a problem right now in terms of new fresh content being posted. So there's an opportunity as a creator to carve out a pocket of the internet for yourself over on LinkedIn because there's not enough creators there yet. Not a lot of people are tapping into the LinkedIn experience and blogs also in that discovery platform. In this connection and conversion space, we have Instagram utilizing the Insta site, which is a static Instagram feed that you can, that essentially answers all the questions that you would find on a website. So Insta site stands for Instagram, but make it, or website, but make it Instagram. Um, so you're adding case studies on there. You're adding, you know, in-depth reels in that space, carousels that break down your meth methodologies, showcase the offers, products that you have, testimonials go up there about you, about the business, your core values, your, your guiding principles, like anything that your website would answer, you're not putting over on this static grid. You post it once, okay? And it is like timeless, freaking content that can last you like 18 plus months if you're not changing your branding, you know, every freaking quarter. Um, please don't. That, that's yeah, just, please don't. That, that's not good practice. Just don't. <laughs> no, exactly. So you set up this, this Insta site. So when people discover you on TikTok, they're, and I mentioned this earlier, they're naturally going to, you know, start looking at your other videos on TikTok. If they like what they see, they follow on TikTok. They almost always, without fail, click on the Instagram icon, check out what you're doing over on Instagram. That static grid makes it so easy for them to decide within seconds if they're going to follow you or not. They go from viewer to follower in a snap because. It's a bird's eye view, right? Mm -hmm. I know exactly what you do, Marina, who you are, what you do, how you can help me. If I want more and I want like, uh, behind the scenes of Marina's life, I'm going into her stories, which is where you're going to prioritize creating for on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. This is the space that I built my entire business. Like, you know this story, Marina, of how I essentially boycotted the Instagram feed because I was burning out. We were living in Mexico at the time. And I was like, you know what? I want a couple extra floats in the pool. Yeah. I don't want to be 
focus on there. I don't want to be like stuck inside, like creating for Canva and making these posts that take me like two or three hours what? to create. That's well, one, I would much rather just show up in stories. And at first, there was a little bit of a disconnect with my community, and I was getting DMs like, Are you okay? Where's your content? I haven't seen you show up. Like you haven't posted in like a week, Amanda, because I was posting every day, sometimes twice a day on the feed, guys. Like this, that was insane. Um, Plus I was doing all my stories. Plus I was going live like three times a week. Like it was too much. It was too too many things. So I was like, F this. I also want to test what would happen to my engagement, my growth, my reach, if I stop posting the feed and I only post to stories and do an occasional lives. So I scaled back my lives to weekly um, and I hyper-focused on stories. I actually changed my bio to tell people that I'm not posting to the feed. This is like my archive, my library of content. You get new, fresh daily tips and Amanda's like chaos in the stories. That's where you're going to go. So I redirected, I cut off the source and my growth skyrocketed. That was like how I almost got to the 10,000 followers through stories, which aren't even shown to people who aren't following you. So how I was able to grow through stories, which is typically for your followers, is my followers were sharing my stories and my library of content that I had on my feed to their followers and their friends. They were sharing it in their stories because somebody who's already familiar and like an advocate of your brand and like really stands behind you, that share to their stories or directly to somebody's DMs, their WhatsApp, their text messages, whatever it is, is priceless in comparison to maybe showing up on the discover page and having like a random person who doesn't even know your name yet sharing your content and like not backing it up or adding that content Mm -hmm. so that was kind of like the first instance of the instasite i didn't really know i was it was the instasite until 2022 right yeah 2022 when it kind of all came together and I had that light bulb moment and I was like, wow, 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 wow. We're using social media all wrong. We're, you know, spinning our wheels. We are burning ourselves out. And for what? We could get so much more ROI by intentionally focusing our energy on platforms that are going to give us the outcomes that we're looking for. Yeah. So You got your TikTok driving traffic, and this is the easiest way to use a strategy. You pick two platforms. And I always say TikTok, or at least one from the discovery category, and then one from the uh, connection and conversion category. And we say Instagram. TikTok and Instagram are the power couple. They are the golden couple. They are, you know, what everybody wants to be. You know, they got the best style. It's a match made in heaven. I love that. And set up the static grid. So when people come from TikTok to Instagram, they see exactly what's up, who you are, they follow. And then the nurturing really takes place in those stories. 
If you want to continue to post to the feed, we put together the templates for what we call featured posts, which is essentially pinned posts. They're featured on your page, and we recommend at least cycling through these every quarter. But it's kind of as an as-needed basis. And I love to use those three pinned posts on your feed for content series and going deeper into your core topic, products that you offer if you are a product-based business, um, or even showcasing your own brand, personality, or your portfolio of work. So it's very powerful. You're still feeding the Instagram algorithm, but being active on the space because you're active every day on stories, and then you're active on the feed quarterly. So you've now gone from posting 365 to four times a year. Yeah. I mean, but that's the state. <laughs> exactly. It is, it is really the strategy for people who are tired of just creating content that gets them nowhere. I mean, hey, if you are just trying to be a content creator, and that's not me putting down content creators. Like, there is magic in that. There is beauty in that. There is fun in that. But if you're out here and you say, I'm a business owner and I want to make money out of my brand and my business, even as a personal brand, which I consider myself one, you need to start thinking about how does different platforms fit within the like lead to conversion, lead to buyers, uh, not just getting eyeballs on your brand for the sake of that. Maybe if you're a, a musician, you, you, you'd want that, like you'd want more visibility, but not necessarily, um, you know, I, I feel like for service providers specifically, like this is such a good strategy. When people like find you, it still works. Yeah. It, yeah. It still works for content creators though. You're just now scaling back the frequency that you're posting to feed and you're doubling down on creating nurturing content and like really connecting with your audience, getting in your stories and like, uh, essentially making a custom video for one person in particular. I don't know. Do you remember this, Marina? Remember I used to like do those audits in my stories oh, yeah. where I was like, if I was Marina, this is what I would post to my stories yes. on a daily basis. And I put like a t-shirt over my head to like emulate the different hairstyles that people have. And like to, you know, convey that I'm not Amanda right now. I am going method and I'm being Marina. And that was like not only shareable content because, you know, I don't know if you did this, but a lot of the other people that I created these pieces for um, shared it with their business friends and go like, hey, like this is like was created for me. This is so funny. Like go follow her. So it added to the growth of my community and, you know, my following on social media by focusing on people who are already there and making these niche videos, these one-of-a-kind custom just-for-you pieces of content. And you could still do that on feed posts in your featured pump on repurposed reels 
when you respond to a comment with a video. So you're making it custom to them. You're making them care about this now. And as I said, that share, when you go like really specific for someone and you're making like a three-minute video just for Joanna, who's in Idaho, she's going to share that to her story. It's like, you know, they're like celebrate it and be like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. And what happened there is like, you're really, really getting connected to your community. You're creating that advocacy in your brand. And it's essentially like a, a fandom, a, a serious fandom, because you've taken the time out of your day to pay attention to one of right. hundreds of commenters. Right. Right. Yeah. And like we see Taylor Swift does this. This is like from the Taylor Swift playbook. She literally addresses her fans by names in stories or like sends tickets to specific fans who have commented on stuff. And like they didn't even realize that she was paying attention like that. This is the you know, secret sauce of Taylor Swift. And I know there's a whole niche on TikTok of people being like, I don't get the hype around Taylor Swift. It's like she actually cares about her fans and she takes the time out of her probably insanely busy day to make something special for one individual. But that one special experience creates a conversation and people then feel I mean, this didn't, wasn't me. I'm not freaking Taylor Swift, but people feel like, oh my gosh, if she could do that for Joanne in Idaho, that could be me. Taylor Swift could see my content. So then they start like sharing her stuff all over the place, commenting, engaging, making, you know, art for her or whatever it is. And her community just builds and builds and builds yeah. because she took time to develop that relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is how you build your brand ambassadors, the people that do some of the legwork for you. You don't have to do all of it. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the InstaSign strategy is a game changer. Like, I, I don't like saying that about my stuff, but like, it changed it for me and how I use social. And what is it now, Marina, over 300 businesses have adopted the Instasite strategy and are growing their accounts, but more importantly, they're growing their businesses with ease. Like they're not stressing over what do I post? Because I know when I'm logging into Instagram now, I'm responding to DMs and I'm posting a story, which is much more of a lower lift than having to like come up with the idea create the perfect graphic, video, edit it, captions, hashtags, blah, blah. There's like a whole checklist, right? And you get to be a lot more present and you know how people feed off of that present, real authentic energy. You can tell when somebody has like taken so much time to like pre-schedule because they post and ghost. They're nowhere to be found. That connection is lost. And that was the biggest waste of your time just pre-scheduling and pre-doing. It's much more effective to be present, 
to a smaller audience that is going to become that brand ambassador for you than to just pump out content, you know, and hope something sticks. If we're going back to the basics and like really, really focusing on community. And I mean, I say that TikTok is a discovery platform. It is also insanely good with conversion. Like, you know what happened with the Instasite when I shared the Instasite strategy talk. That thing went almost a million views, almost a million views and generated six figures in my business in four months from that, what was it? A three minute video that I filmed in my car. It, it like the power of TikTok, it's, it's crazy. And that can turn into pins and you now have a redirect to those pins that you're posting. Like the, the possibilities are, are endless. And I mean, podcast is in that discoverability space because you're sharing it on public platforms. You're usually sharing, you know, not only the audio, but potentially a transcription or a summary of that podcast that is just filled with key phrases and keywords that are, you know, being searched for on the Googler or being searched for on TikTok where your video will, will show up. Like even if it's a snippet from your, the podcast that we're doing here. I mean, that was your genius idea. And I think what makes it so powerful is it really reduces a lot of that friction to start executing something because we get like really excited I mean I do when I buy an online course but like there's something about like when you first open it up that immediate wave of overwhelm and like the self-doubt and just like thoughts that need to really f off if we're being honest um and then you just go into analysis paralysis or you forget that it's in your inbox collecting dust so this is really that like activation step it's like okay you got the insight we will make sure all the templates are branded to your brand colors and now you can insert the content piece and focus on your zone of genius not the nitty gritty of canva which is why like i think that it was genius yes absolutely and you know what amanda we can sit and talk about these predictions all day long but I want to thank you so much for being here, for sharing all the wisdom and expertise. And I can't wait to see you in the next episode. Okay. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye, everyone.